Amy Marks, Coors, and Chris Ranji on KMOX. It is hour two of the show with you until one o'clock today. And guess what? We've got uh, Billy Joel and Sting tickets that we're going to give away today. At oh. some point, you need to be listening for your chance to win. Billy Joel and Sting will be at Bush Stadium September 27th. People may remember that announcement. A huge announcement it was a last huge, week. A special one with Joe Buck. So all week we're giving away tickets for that. That's awesome. Time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line. And uh, joining us today is Juliet Rothenberg, a climate AI product manager at Google. And the reason we have Juliet on the show today is there is a very cool thing called Project Greenlight. And what this does, and we'll let her explain it a little bit better, but it's supposed to make traffic more efficient. Juliet, we appreciate you on the show today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much, Chris and Amy. So we are very, I'm excited to have you because Mm -hmm. one of my, uh, one of the worst things in my existence is this traffic light that's about two blocks away (laughs) from where I work that there's never any cross traffic, but I spend most of my day waiting at this light. Can you guys start there? It's Spruce, Spruce, and 14th. Spruce and 14th in St. Louis. Yeah. Bring your system here, please. Honestly, this is the most personal pressing issue that Chris Ronji <laughs> has oh my ever God. voiced an opinion on. I lose on. my mind. So, uh, first of all, is tell that people. why you invited me here today? Yes. Is that the it reason? Is. <laughs> the question is can you start there? And if the answer is no, then we'll say goodbye. Thank you for joining us. Self serving. Um, no. So, well, tell we us about. We would love the city of St. Louis to work with us. We're not yet in St. Louis, but okay. we, we hope to expand soon. All so, right. tell us about Project Greenlight. So Project Greenlight uses uh, AI and Google Maps driving trends to uh, analyze thousands of intersections across the city simultaneously and develop recommendations to reduce stop-and-go traffic and emissions. And so this basically means not only is it better for the environment, but traffic flow will be smoother and you'll have less, less frustration? Exactly. So by reducing stop-and-go traffic, we're reducing one of the major sources of emissions at intersections, which is accelerating after stopping. It takes a lot of energy to get that big car moving again. And so we're also reducing frustration for drivers, right? Because who likes to be in stop-and-go traffic? It's not my favorite thing either. So that is, that's what's interesting because, you know, when you have a, a, an intersection, somebody has to wait. You know, there, somebody has to be in the car at the red lights so that other people can move. How, how does this technology determine who should wait longer and when that should happen? So now AI has not figured out yet how to make it so our traffic lights don't have to have a red light every now and again. If we could, of course, that would be amazing. Uh, but what we do is we analyze the driving trends at the intersection so we can develop a model of each intersection and then we can understand how that intersection relates to intersections around it. And one of the biggest opportunities that we've seen is when intersections are adjacent to each other but they're running out of sync. So you go from one traffic light that's green smack into another traffic light that's red when we could say, hey, let's coordinate these traffic lights together so that you're able to go through both simultaneously instead of having to do one after the other. That's a big area of opportunity that we've seen. Okay, I just thought of another area I need you to address on uh, the street called (laughs) King's Highway. There's a hospital, and there are a succession of like six traffic lights, and they're never in sync. So could you, uh, that's number two. So I want you to handle this one intersection by my work and then the next one by my house. Yeah, and honestly, I think... I'm taking some notes. Yes, and there's one on Jefferson, too, right, coming out of Soulard that I know is a big problem. Okay, 
you got a lot of work to do here, Juliet. In all, in all seriousness, I'm looking at this. So Greenlight is in 70 intersections in 12 cities around the world. So in Haifa, in Israel, to Budapest, to Manchester, mm-hmm. England, Abu Dhabi, uh, Jakarta, Rio, Seattle. Are you seeing... Um, pretty similar data and improvements coming out of all of these cities and are all of these cities pretty busy as far as their intersections go? You know, the amazing thing is that we are. I love this question because, you know, if you've ever traveled to these different places, right, you see how different traffic is in the different locations that we're talking about. We're live, you know, for example, in Bangalore and Calcutta and Hyderabad, India, as well as Jakarta, as well as Rio de Janeiro. And, you know, traffic in these cities looks really different from traffic in Seattle or traffic in Florida, where we're also now live, or traffic in Hamburg, Germany, where we see a lot of pedestrians and cyclists. And what's amazing is that we're able to see similar outcomes across these cities of, you know, reducing stop and go traffic is possible, and it also reduces emissions. Okay, just from a practical standpoint, because I I don't understand necessarily how this works, with, uh, with these intersections in these cities, do they have to be consecutive intersections and or how many in a row do you need to tell if it's working or not? They do not, no. So there are many locations where we've optimized a single intersection. There are other locations where we've optimized multiple intersections, you know, two, five, et cetera. Uh, And the piece that we really look for is many cities have their intersections so that their traffic engineers can control them from a computer in a building somewhere that's usually in the center of the city. We like that because what we've heard from city traffic engineers is it then can take them just five minutes to implement one of the recommendations that we have. Now, we've also worked for cities where that's not the case. Uh, where they actually have to go out, in that case, to a little control box that's near an intersection. I don't know if you all have never ever noticed these things. I hadn't before. But they go and they actually reprogram the traffic light at that control box. That obviously is a lot harder for us to you know, work with them on many intersections quickly. And our goal is, as you suggested, you know, hey, let's, let's bring this to as many intersections as we can quickly because of the benefits both for drivers and for the planet. Juliet Rothenberg, Climate AI Product Manager at Google, is with us on KMOX. You did say that not working with St. Louis, obviously, right now, how, and this is sort of a trial uh, phase that you're in, I I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, do you reach out to cities and ask them if they are interested? Do they reach out to you? How does this work? When we initially started working with cities, they weren't aware of what we were doing. So, yes, absolutely. We were reaching out to them saying, hey, we think we've got something cool here. Could you work with us and help us figure out if this is valuable or not? And we were really fortunate to have great cities partner with us early on. Um, we now, if you go and you Google Project Greenlight, you can, you can see our website and uh, cities can sign up for our wait list. And we're really grateful to have a, a large number of cities who are interested in this. And so our team is now actively working on bringing this to as many cities as we can. That was actually going to be my question completely seriously. Um, if St. Louis did want to be part of this, who, how, how do we get involved? Does it cost the city anything? Do you talk to the mayor, to the Board of Aldermen? Who gives, who greenlights, no pun intended, this, this project? <laughs> So absolutely, Googling Project Greenlight, signing up for our wait list is the way to go. 
Um, we usually work with city traffic engineers and transportation departments as well as, you know, we've had conversations with a number of mayors. One of the things that we've seen that's been really exciting too is when we work, for example, with the city of Manchester in the UK, they were so excited about this that they said, hey, please talk to the UK national government uh, and let's have a conversation more broadly about, about what we can do across. And, you know, of course, we're still in the early days of developing this technology. And so there's more work that we need to do, but we are actively focused on bringing this to more and more cities. How do you believe if, um, or if or how this will affect traffic safety? Now, we're talking about wait times and, you know, fuel efficiency and that sort of thing, but does it affect safety in any way? So there's one story that I can share from our team's time in Budapest, where our team was actually standing at the intersection at the point that the traffic engineers made the update and so they could see some of the results just really in real time. And one of the things that they noticed that was really, I think, striking for us was there were a lot of drivers who were very frustrated at what was, quite frankly, a pretty bad traffic light configuration uh, before we came in and made the change. And so there were a lot of drivers who were running that red light. And then after the change was made, they saw many, many fewer drivers running the red light. And of course, you know, running red lights is a real risk for people walking around cities. So that's one area where we've seen an impact for safety. Um, and we're excited to explore further and, and see if that uh, bears out. What about a city that does not have a lot of traffic um, at its intersections at any given time? So people are, tend to run red lights because there's no one else waiting. Is this a system that benefits cities with very little traffic, relatively speaking? So we do need some amount of traffic to be able to have enough Google Maps driving trends to be able to aggregate and, and say something interesting about those. So that's kind of one threshold area. Um, but within that, yes, you know, we can also see if a number of drivers, for example, are arriving at a traffic light and they're hitting a red light. That's something that we can then recommend to the city. Hey, maybe you want to change that. Maybe you want to, you know, reduce your cycle time, for example, is, is the, the technical jargony way that you would say it to a traffic engineer. But, but there are things that we can do in that situation as well. Amy shouldn't have asked that question because now she's not. Now they're not going to come. They're not going to come to I Spruce know. at 14th because there's never any traffic <laughs> except for when I'm trying to get to work in the morning. And that's it. I know. That was my concern. Is That's one of the issues in downtown St. Louis as we try to rebuild it. There's not a ton of traffic where you're just waiting. But there are a lot of people running lights. But there are people running lights, and there are a lot of lights mm. that feel purposeless because they're red mm. for, like, seven minutes, <laughs> and there's no car around. <laughs> and, and, I mean, it's a real thing, and people run lights here. And I, if you could make it more efficient, would people be more inclined not to run the red lights? Well, without knowing the specific intersections that you're talking about, I, I can't speak specifically to those. But what I can say is, yes, absolutely, there are things that we can do that are better than having cars wait at a red light for seven minutes. Will, will there Hands ever, down, yes. Uh, Julia, will there, will there ever be technology that can uh, read in real time? Like, And I don't know, maybe that's exactly what this is, but it can tell how many cars are at the intersection right now and can be able to adjust accordingly you know, within seconds as opposed to, well, between the hours of four and six, there are a couple of extra seconds shaved off the east-west, but north-south, you have to wait a little bit longer. Will that technology ever totally be available? So that there is that technology um, that is okay. available, and actually it is available now, and Greenlight does not do that. I okay. should be very clear. That technology often costs thousands to tens of thousands of dollars per intersection, which is a real barrier for cities that have, you know, strapped budgets, unfortunately. 
And so what's so exciting about Greenlight is that we can say, hey, what are improvements that we can do with the infrastructure that we have today with adding no additional hardware, with you know, no long in-depth software integration. But when we talk to city traffic engineers, they say that they can implement our recommendations within a matter of five minutes. And so you know, five minutes of a city traffic engineer's time to improve an intersection for you know, however many drivers go through that particular intersection. But what we're seeing with just 70 intersections with green light now is that our, our solution has the potential to save emissions and reduce stop and go traffic for up to 30 million cars monthly that go through those just 70 intersections. So it's really high leverage, really high impact. Well, that, it's really interesting stuff, and uh, it, it's good to talk to you about this, and, and hopefully it can be implemented worldwide, and we'll, we'll check back in later after you've gotten more data. Uh, thank you so much. We're really excited to be able to use AI to help improve the lives of people in cities around the world, and appreciate the chance to get to talk with you about it. See, everybody's talking about AI, uh, you know, destroying the world. Here's, here's a way it can help. It can help with traffic. Uh, we agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> thank you, Juliet. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris and Amy.